Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Daou, your host, fellow cyclist, bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. All right. Welcome, everyone, for another episode of Secrets from the Saddle with your host, Sylvie Dew. And I am super excited to bring my new friend. And actually, this friend, Dan Daniel Hurd, and we're going to call him Dan, um, was actually a friend of mine sent me a link to his Facebook page. And after she knew that I started this uh, Secrets of the Saddle podcast, she's like, have you ever heard of him? And maybe he would be really good on your podcast. And I'm like, oh my gosh, yes. And so I reached out to him and this was like maybe three weeks ago, three weeks ago. And we were able to get him on the podcast today. And he has an, he has like a really good story that has multiple layers to it. And it touches my heart because this is something that we have in common. I'm just gonna share with you in a little, in a couple minutes, but right now. So Dan is a founder and CEO of One Pedal at a Time, a non-for-profit organization promoting cycling and raising awareness for suicide. Um, a number of years ago, he was introduced to cycling when he tried to take his life a couple times. And uh, it was a friend who got him on the bicycle and he just hasn't stopped since. And I kind of, I was like, when I was reading his intro, it's like, so his third ride was on the weekend. Of course, it probably started on Tuesday, a couple of rides, went, on the, went out on the weekend for a 166 mile ride. Now, I don't know anybody who gets on the bike for that long, <laughs> right out of the gates. From there, he fell in love with cycling and he started planning longer trips. Now you see Dan comes from a military background and we're going to hear more of his story about his suicide attempts and how his bike saved his life. So realizing living at the moment was a key for him in his life, which led him to his journey. So he's going to talk about the journey. For the last two and a half years, he's been cycling across the United States to bring awareness to suicide. And in that time, he's done 18,000 miles, two and a half years, my friends. And I'm going to put up some cool photos for you to see. Now make sure that you, you watch this video live because I'll be adding a couple photos of him. So over the two and a half years, he rode 18,000 miles and he helped 80 people through suicide interventions. I'm so glad. And just recently, and this is what brings him to podcast world about a month and a so ago, you had your accident. Yeah, it's actually uh, today has been two months. Two months ago, he was hit from behind by a fast moving vehicle which led him into some serious injuries, a broken tailbone um, and reconstruction surgery on his leg. So now he's sitting and he's working a podcast, which is part of the Heart of Volunteers uh, Veterans podcast. And he does the Momentum Monday portion. So please give him a big listen all his social media links will be in the bio, in the description. So please go like, comment, share his stuff. And of course, don't forget to subscribe, comment, like, share this podcast. And if you know of anybody who is doing extraordinary things with bikes, make sure I know about them. Welcome, Dan, to 
the podcast from Secrets from the Saddle. I'm super excited to have you here. And like I mentioned, um, we have suicide comment. I try to take my life uh, two times when I was a teenager. So I was roughly trying to think back now. It was before I got my license. I know that for sure. So I was either 14 or 15. And uh, But we're not going to get into my story. I will be on his podcast later on talking about my story and with regards to, to suicide awareness. We are here to hear his story. So Dan, please. Well, yeah, first of all, thank you for having me. Um, <laughs> it was I, such had pleasure. You, I, was, I had myself muted over here, so um, <laughs> it took me a second. Um, but, you know, it's, uh, it's a pleasure to be on. And, uh, you know, I know we're talking about me today, but I first want to say I'm so glad you're here and uh, and made it through those times. Um, unfortunately, those times are tough for a lot of people. And um, and that's what that's what I'm trying to change. And that's what you're trying to change in one way or another. We're doing it. Um, and for me, um, and it's maybe even for you, cycling uh, gives me that thing that keeps me going. So um, <clears throat> no, but that wasn't always the case. Uh, cycling for me was not uh, something I enjoyed doing or even wanted to be part of. Um, now, if you knew me back in the day, I rode motorcycles. Oh, um, yeah. So for people out there that ride motorcycles, if you don't ride bikes still, you kind of look at uh, pedaling as a downgrade and, and, uh, and, and horrible words to say, it, so, it sounds like a peasant thing to do. And uh, oh. I thought I was above that. I, at the time, I thought I was above it. And a friend of mine had tried for many years to get me on a bicycle to go for a bike ride. And uh, at some point, it became a running joke that it was, um, you know, he was like, hey, you want to go for a ride today? I'm like, yeah, I'll meet you there on my bike. And <laughs> I'd see him on my way home, still riding to wherever we were that day. Oh, um, you should make fun of him. <laughs> ride beside him. Hey, want to live? Uh, <laughs> Exactly. And, it, you know, it was funny. And, um, but it was after my third suicide attempt that that same person, um, which I consider one of my best friends now is, was like, Hey man, I'm not asking you anymore to go for a bike ride. I'm telling you we're going for a bike ride. Right. And at that time, you know, I'm a human being. I could have just told him the, the buzz off or whatever and, uh, and gone about my day, but I was planning a fourth suicide attempt and, and for me, that was like, you know, this guy wants to spend time with me. He obviously cares. I'll spend time with him before I try to check out again. So and, can um, I ask you about your decisions and what time of your life? Was this after military? Like, what brought you uh, to so that point? There's a lot of things that happened. Um, so I, I dealt with a lot of childhood traumas as well. Mm. And... Um, I attempted before the military, but it was never recorded. So it didn't, it didn't taunt or haunt me for joining. Um, and I never thought about suicide and I wasn't really depressed uh, while I was in the service. Um, it was when I got out that I felt isolated again. I felt mm -hmm. lost. And um, then the PTSD of the things I dealt with from my military time uh, was coming back to me. My childhood was coming back to me. Um, but none of it really bothered me until I got sober. Uh, for oh. me, I, I, I did a lot of drugs and did a lot, mm -hmm. a lot of drinking. And so I was always in that constant state of like numbness. So I didn't, I didn't remember a lot of the things that I went through, but um, as I started getting sober on certain things and, and then stopped doing drugs and all these other craziness, um, the memories that I was pretty much trying to drown out in my life uh, started mm -hmm. coming back. And um, unfortunately it took over too much and it got too hectic for me. So I, um, I, I, didn't see a way out of it and each one of my suicide attempts were for different reasons but they were all tied to the same thing it was just kind of like mm -hmm. well this was the first reason but then the second time I did it was for that first reason as well but it added also two or three reasons mm -hmm. um so it just kind of added more hate to the haze pail and it just kind of kept uh -oh. breaking me every time. um but no what what changed was the fact that I I went for an alternative reason I didn't Obviously, he wanted me to go for a bike ride, but um, I looked at it as two reasons. One, I was on a motorcycle, so I was going too fast to find a place. Um, the thing that I was dealing with for my attempts was I was being found by people that didn't know me before I could finish it, or people that knew me um, before I could finish the act. And uh, What were you trying to I, do? Can I ask? Yeah, uh, well... Uh, I did carbon monoxide poisoning. Um, I did. Uh, I tried to hang myself, and 
um, I tried another ray as well, but I won't talk about that one. So um, can you can you think that maybe God or the universe had a greater calling for you? Oh, absolutely. I, I today I do believe that. Mm -hmm. um, something I, something I found on this journey. Um, yeah. I I was never a believer of. A, I wouldn't say a higher power. Uh, I believe. I say the universe. There, yeah, I believe. I'm not super religious, there. but I'm Catholic. But I just say the universe. Okay. I get it. I get <laughs> yeah. it. See me. I'm I'm definitely. I have. I believe in faith. Um, I yeah. don't like religion, which mm -hmm. a lot of people nowadays don't. But that's because religion is about man where faith is about the love that you have for God mm -hmm. or, yeah. or, or whatever power you wanted to call him yeah. or her. Um, you know, so, you know, for me that, that wasn't something strong in me before. Um, when someone talked about Christ or God, I was just like, that's cool. I believe in him, but <laughs> it's not for me. Mm -hmm. And um, there was events that happened when I started my biking, uh, when I started my journey really uh, back in 2018, that, I just ended up in the right places at the right times for people. Um, so many times that it, it stopped being coincidence. Right. There, there had to be a reason that it kept happening. And it wasn't, you know, I'm, I, I find myself not to be a lucky kind of guy usually. Uh, and usually if it's a luck, it's for the bad type of luck. Um, so this is your journey that you decided to, your cycling journey you're talking. Are you still talking about your buddy who's getting you, no, trying to get so you on the bike? I, I jumped, I jumped, I fast forwarded a lot. I did. Yeah, I you did. I want to hear about um, your buddy so no, <laughs> dragging you to get on the bicycle. <laughs> Kicking yeah, so screen. let me go backwards a bit. Um, so he got me on the bike. The first <laughs> ride we did was 20 miles. It, it wasn't anything meaningful to me, but what changed was our third bicycle ride. Uh -huh. We did 166 miles in the course of a weekend. And yeah, that that's ride crazy. For me, I did it on a bike that wasn't my size. I did it on a bike without my size. I was wearing uh, shorts. I wasn't having padded shorts. None of that existed. Uh, I didn't even have a helmet at the time. Like I didn't have anything. Um, I didn't have wicking clothes. So I was in like a con t-shirt. Oh, was not good. You just like, just get on the bike. <laughs> yeah. But we, I know we why you night. remembered uh, it because your butt probably hurt like hell after. <laughs> uh, after that ride, I didn't ride for like a week and a half. Um, <laughs> But it was the way it was on the way out. So I was a heavy set dude. I, right now I'm probably about a. I've actually gained probably a little bit. I'm probably like 165, maybe 170 from being off the bike for two months. But um, I used to be 270 pounds. Well. And when when I started bicycling, when I went on this bike ride with him, I was probably the. I I I'll say 235, but that's probably being nice to myself. Um, <laughs> I might have been. I was under 250, but. It was uh it wasn't an easy thing and we rode at nighttime so the roads were open but it was dark out and uh I just remember my friend just saying five more miles, five more miles and we ended up riding like eighty miles that night. Yeah. And I, nothing that I, on my third ride, I'm doing eighty something miles. So like that's insane. Uh -huh. Um it was the it was the way home that so we, we went with four of us. Four of us went, I would have, I would have given up if all four of them, if all three other people were like, yeah, let's get a ride back. Unfortunately, <laughs> the guy that I, the guy's bike that I was riding, his name's Sean. Uh, Sean's bike, I was riding his bike. The other two guys were like, yeah, we're going to get a ride. And he's like, nope, every pedal, every pedal out, it's a pedal back. I told you guys, I'm riding back. And then my militariness kicked into me and I'm like, well, I, I can't leave a man behind. Bro, I'll ride with you, but you're going to have to like, Go at my pace, and he was cool with that. <laughs> um, but that ride, it was uh, towards the end of the ride. We were finishing it up, and it was a long day. It was tough. Um, we were at like a hundred and I don't know, hundred and forty miles into it, maybe hundred and thirty. I was like, you "Man, we've done all these good talks." To myself, yes. <laughs> <laughs> to myself, oh, I, I could did. just imagine uh, what they were like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but there were other ones too, and they were good ones, but there was, there, there was at, at a certain point, you just get to a point where it just, I felt like I, I just couldn't do it. And I was finally complaining to my buddy. I'm like, man, I just can't do this anymore. We should get a ride. We're not going to make it home in time. And he goes, he stops. He literally stops in dead in his tracks. And he goes, it's left, right, left, right. It's one pedal at a time. Mm -hmm. And so I literally did military cadence 
for the last, whatever miles we had left in my head. Right. And it was before I knew it, we were home. And I had, for the first time in a long time, felt accomplished. And mm-hmm. that phrase, one pedal at a time, was the reason why I finished. And that phrase kind of over time, it wasn't like the next day I, I changed my lifestyle and lived one pedal at a time, mm-hmm. but it, it transitioned from cycling to my everyday life. It's, it's one breath at a time. It's one step yeah. at a time. It's one task at a time. And uh, I just kind of kept that in my mind until I fell in love with cycling really quick. I was like, hey, man, you want to go for a bike ride? He's like, no, I got things to do today. I was like, cool, can I ride your bike? He's like, no, not unless I'm riding with you, you can't do it. So I saved my next paycheck and I bought a bicycle. And oh, awesome. I, I pretty much, I pretty much haven't looked back since. Um, what turned into the, that weekend rides and doing things with him and getting my own bike turned into, um, I remember it was in August. I was going to therapy for my uh, suicide attempt and my therapist was trying to, I wanted to get off medications. I, I'm not, mm-hmm. I find them yeah. useful in the immediate necessary need, but I don't want to be stuck on them forever. Exactly. And, um, and I think that's what we're, our society does too often is just make it a permanent solution to yeah. a temp, uh, it's a temporary solution to a permanent problem. Exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, so, I think you need something. You know, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my therapist was like, well, we need to figure out a plan. And he's like, he's like, what are those happy times in your life? And I, I was sitting there I was like, man, the people I started the military with, they were more family to me than my, my own real family. Like, I miss them and I love them and this and that. And at that point, it was like seven, seven plus years since I had seen anybody I served in the military with. Um, and for me, it was tough. Uh, and then when he was like, yeah, man, it sounds like you should go take a trip to visit some of your friends. Like, yeah, yeah, maybe I'll do that. I had a car at the time. Um, yeah. Two days later, my buddy that I had got into cycling with was like, man, when I was your age, I wanted to ride my bike across the country. And light yeah. bulbs went off in my head. I was like, <laughs> I'm going to go ride my bike to visit the people I served with. And um, that was, I went, told my therapist, he's like, Dan, that's not what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it with no savings too. And just figure it out. My, unfortunately, one of my suicide attempts was due to financial struggle. So he was very nervous about that. But I needed to do it that way so I could prove to myself that I could survive. Because at one point, I didn't think I could survive without money. And that's why I thought I needed to, to end it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wanted mm-hmm. to prove that there were still good people in this world, that I could survive without it. Mm-hmm. And, and almost three years later, like, obviously money is needed. I still need money at times, but yeah. it's not as important to me as it was before. And I know that one God will provide it when it's needed one yeah. way or another. Um, but also that there's still a lot of good people in this world that are willing to help. So. Exactly. Well, you think about, um, and I know about, you know, when you talk about money, but a lot of people say the more money, I mean, if you think about it, if you want to make money, the more money you have, the more money you, the more people you can contribute to, you can help, you know, not with just, cause you only have so much time in the day to offer up like your volunteerism and your, your time to do projects and things. But if you have more money and i'm not you know this is just coming from some friends of mine who you know who have a lot but they also give a lot you know um have a balance yeah yeah of course and and that's why you know that's kind of like their mantra you know the more i have the more i can give um thing kind of like that but uh so now you've gone Okay, so now you're starting to ride to your friend's place. When did you decide that you were going to start the journey, the two and a half year journey? Was that probably uh, on so the bike we, ride there? You're like, I can do this all and just keep going. <laughs> you know, uh, I think the, the idea was definitely already implanted in my head, but I didn't think mm-hmm. I could accomplish it until it was Labor Day weekend. Uh, we had a long weekend. My buddy was like, dude, let's go for a bike ride. And so like, we planned out. <laughs> well, this time he finally let me plan a trip. So I was like, all right, dude, yeah, let's go to, let's go to my mom's house. She lived from where I live on the bicycles. One way was 193 miles. I mean, not 100, 93 miles, 93 oh, miles. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 
And so it was That's 93 better. miles one way. And uh, he's like, yeah, let's do it. That was the most miles we had ever ridden in one day. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was a lot of fun. And it was that moment where I realized I could do it. So on the way home, uh, it was a rainy day on a Saturday, so we couldn't ride that day. We were supposed to try to get to Vermont and do a loop. Uh, okay. So instead we did, we're like, man, we got to do some type of loop. We can't come back the same way we, we came. Um, so we ended up going to visit a friend of mine in West in like central Massachusetts on the way home. And, um, we ended up doing 124 miles on the way home. So it was my first entry. Yeah. And, um, and it was just a long day. I got hit by a car actually in, as well. Uh, I got, a, I got door slammed. I got door slammed. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and I was in the city of Boston. So, uh, thankfully nothing was hurt. Nothing was really bad. Um, took the air out of me, but. We got, we got home and I was like, I can do this. I can ride to another state and, and make it. And so that's where it started. So after, after Labor Day weekend, I started planning it up, like coming up with ideas. Like, what am I going to call it? What, what am I going to do? How am I going to do this? Mm-hmm. I wasn't comfortable about suicide awareness yet, even though that was the reason for it. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to do suicide awareness. I'm going to do bikes, not bombs, um, clean water. I'm going to do all these different things, cancer for children and and just like mask what I really am doing it for. Right. And, and for the beginning of that journey uh, was that, like, I'm going to name it Ride with Dan USA. Then it be, um, my mantra became one pedal at a time. Um, mm-hmm. And that, my friend actually was very upset about that at first. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because that was his, that was something he, him and his mom did. And they're like, yep, yeah, one pedal at a time. Ever since he was a kid, he rode bicycles and, um, at first he thought I was kind of just being lazy, not coming up with my own thing. Uh, until we had a conversation and I was like, man, this changed my life and I wanted to be part of it. And he's like, go ahead, bro. It's awesome. Uh, and then it, be ultimately, it ultimately later on became my nonprofit. So, um, but yeah, the journey started, uh, in March, March 5th of 2018, I started in Massachusetts, uh, did almost, uh, well, going through the states, I did uh, 44 states out of 48, um, and then I did just under 18,000 miles in two years, and uh, it was like two or three days after the accident was uh, two years, eight months. Yeah, because you were about to finish, weren't you? I had four more states. I just So I literally had just started my 44th state the day before my accident. Oh, wow. It's because you were going down to finish in like Texas, right? No, um, so I was going to finish actually in Seattle, Washington. I was heading down through Arizona for the wintertime to head to oh, California. Okay. And then I was right. going to finish in the spring. But it was, uh, it was leading up to that accident. It was pretty awesome timing. And I, I got a lot of opportunities to do a lot of cool things at that time. And um, I hit a lot of milestones too. Um, like what? You know, What's a big one? Well, big one for milestone was the Forrest Gump scene, you know, where he finishes his run. Yeah. I think I'm going to go home now. Yeah. I have to replay that scene. Um, Were you on that highway? I was on that highway. <gasps> uh, so I got to replay that scene. I got to be where he stood. And um, something that's really awesome about me is my nickname has been Lieutenant Dan since the military. Uh, maybe for the looks, I don't know. Uh, but it, it's definitely <laughs> it for the even more ironic because of the uh, of the journey itself. Mm-hmm. Um, when I tell people what I'm doing, they're like, "Man, you're like Forrest Gump on a bike." I'm like, yeah, I'm Lieutenant Dan. It works out. Um, and even you <laughs> sound like Lieutenant Dan. You know, <laughs> it was like slur it. <laughs> Lieutenant. Yeah. Like, the way, uh, yeah, the way Forrest Gump is like Lieutenant Dan. Yeah, you can say it better. Dan, ice cream. <laughs> Yeah, so <laughs> I've heard that phrase, Papa that phrase so many times. But so I got to really, I got to ride with a gentleman that's riding, actually, if you get a chance to check him out uh, in mm. front of everybody else, Bum on Two Wheels. Bum? Yeah, on B-U-M-T-2, two wheels? Two, yeah. like the number two on wheels. Or Bum on Two, the number two, though. Okay. Um, but me and him, he's, he's riding 49 states. He's doing the lower 48, and he's going to Alaska when, when he can get to Canada. Oh, wow. Yeah, you don't um, want to plan but that. But he actually what, – what his story is crazy, to kind of give it back real quick. And then um, he was actually going to plan to do around the world. And two weeks before the, his flight to go to Ireland to start where he was going to start. Uh, yeah. So instead he, he modified, 
adapted and overcame and now he's still pedaling. He's in Florida now. Oh, I'm sure it'll probably be really nice and easier to pedal around the way, <laughs> the way it is right now, safer. And yeah. Uh, yeah, well, that's unfortunate for him, but I mean, there's still plenty of places to cycle. That's for sure. Cause like half the world got on bicycles this past eight months. If you didn't oh, notice. So many people have gone on bicycles. Oh, and now it's our turn. The, the good thing is, the good thing about that is, is a year from now, or even this spring, we may see a lot of used bicycles that are really brand new for really cheap and affordable pricing. Somebody said that. And, you know, or I was thinking, because now it's, it's our opportunity to create um, awareness around, you know, loving your bike and learning how to ride your bike because i know like a lot of people yeah. got bikes and who've never ridden before because i um just tell you a little story i was contacted by a couple ladies this summer to teach them how to ride bikes so they could ride with their kids and i typically don't ride from like that that level and I'm like, and when she says, I just want to ride with my kids, I'm like, okay, okay, let's meet. <laughs> and, you know, she was already halfway right. there, but she just needed a little push. And she just had like, you know, a little, you know, market bike. Beach cruiser. And, yeah, a little beach cruiser. It was so cute. She got it secondhand. Um, but yeah, you're probably right. There's going to be a lot because a lot of people like really spent a lot of money. Um, but that being said, what? we've got a lot of new people who are engaged, and that is great opportunity to create uh, some opportunities for courses around that. But absolutely, yeah. and I think that I think that you know, with this uh, pandemic, for a lot of people getting bicycles, you know, I did say that we're going to have a lot that are going to return them or try to resell them. But I, you know, I think that there are a lot of people that are finding it mm -hmm. to be uh, engaging and, and worthy of keeping around and. I hope oh, that there's sure. a lot of people that still keep it so that we can keep that momentum going. So yeah. we get, uh, especially, I don't know how, I, I think Canada is pretty good about cyclists, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, um, it's got, there's pockets where maybe not so much, but I mean, you can't, you can't ignore it now because not so, like so many people transitioned to bike because, you know, they were working at home. It was a way to get out. People didn't want to be on the bus, you know, like, it was just crazy. So a lot of those, you know, vehicle drivers are now cyclists. Yeah, which hopefully will also make it so that the roads are safer with them in cars. Yeah, now um, so you know where it's not like safe. <laughs> Between bike cyclists. <laughs> Inexperienced and experienced cyclists on the path. That's where the danger heads. Okay, let's get back to your, um, so everybody, there's opportunity, opportunities out there. Always have to be ready for opportunities. Um, yes. So you started riding um, for suicide prevention. Now, along the along your travels, you helped eighty people prevent yes. themselves from committing suicide. So tell us about, like, maybe give us two stories that are, you know, really stick out in your mind. And like, how do these people find you? Well, uh, so it depends on the situation. So uh, I'm going to share the first and the 80th one. Okay. Um, but before it. I do, um, you know, sometimes people find me through news media articles. I've, I've been okay. in the news a lot throughout the country. Right. Uh, so they may have seen me and been like, you know, I've been struggling and reach out to me. Some of them seen me through social media. Others are people that follow me that know somebody that's struggling, but doesn't know how to start that conversation. Oh, so they'll reach okay. out to me and go, Hey, do you mind? being involved with this and oh, okay. uh, going, going that out. Other times it's just being in the right place at the right time. Um, so were is, they all along like your route or did you do any like over like say Zoom like this? Or was yeah, it I've all done in Zoom person? Ones, I've done phone calls. No, oh, okay. some of them have been over phone okay, calls okay. and some of them have been over Zoom. Um, but yeah, it just like a lot of them have been on the way. Um, so the first one actually is right place, right time. Uh, I was in New Hampshire. I was just starting my journey. It was um, like my third state at the time, mm -hmm. or no, fourth state. It was my fourth mm -hmm. state, and uh, you know, I was just uh, 
I was going down this road that ended up having like a bridge that has one of those deep valley ravines. Yeah. Um, and about a half mile down the road, I come across this woman that's walking down the opposite direction. And um, at that early of my riding, I was, I had business cards made up. I was um, trying to get anybody's attention because I was trying to validate my own reason for doing it. I was trying right. to get people to keep me uh, accountable, I guess is the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, so if somebody acknowledged me, I was like, oh, I got to give them my card and tell them what I'm doing. Yeah. And this woman acknowledged me, said hello. So I turned around, went back to her. I was like, hey, I'm bicycling the lower 48 states for suicide awareness. Um, I said hello to her. She said hi. We talked for like two minutes. I was like, well, I got to get back. I got to get to my destination. Because at that point in my journey, I was like, I have to make it to where I plan every day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, over time, that kind of starts fading away. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whenever. <laughs> um, but at that early in my riding, I, I was still uh, very rigid at being like, yeah. even on hurting days, I was like, I got to make it to where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. Um, so I didn't get her intervention was more of a um, divine intervention. Just being like, Hey, this is what I'm doing. I'm riding for suicide awareness. I'll talk to you later. She took that as a sign. Thankfully. Um, she, uh, I, I didn't see anything of it. It was like four days later or so. Uh, she shivers. Sent email. Dan, she sent shivers. me an email. I know I do too. Every time, <laughs> a lot of times it makes me want to, I still get tearful up and other times it's just a joy. So right now it's a joyful moment for me. But, yeah. Um, she emailed me saying that she wanted me to let, just wanted me to let you know that I went and got help. I was planning on committing suicide and jumping off the bridge that day. So I was half, she was a half mile away from actually committing that act when I crossed paths with her. And if I wasn't being selfish at that point, in a sense, trying to get attention, um, then I wouldn't have ever found the opportunity to help her. And that was the starting point and the trigger to help a lot of other people that, you know, I, I was like, man, just saying hello to somebody changed their day. So I started saying hello to anybody and everybody I yeah. could. Um, and that's how a lot of them came about. They're like, what do you want? Why are you saying hi to me? I'm like, I just wanted to see how you're doing. People you know, are so like, like just they're, saying they're, hi. <laughs> yeah. And well, because a lot of times we know in our society nowadays, we go, hey, how are you? But really, it's just hi. That's what we mean when we say that. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times, at least in our concepts of thought, we go, yeah, you know, things are good. We keep it simple because if we ask that question, we're expecting a simple answer. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Um, a lot of times where somebody that's struggling, they'll be like, shit's happening, but nobody's listening. Or, you know, things are okay. So then I'd be like, well, why is it okay? What's going on? They're like, ah, no, I'll be fine. No, man, I'm asking you, how are you? Like, get, tell me why. And then mm-hmm. they, they would open up and I'd find out that they're actually thinking about suicide. Um, so that was really a starting trigger point for me to, to re- one that realized I wasn't alone in this yeah. fight of thinking of suicide, but it gave me a reason more than myself to promote suicide that, Hey, there's a lot of people out there that are struggling that we need to help. Um, and you know, there's a lot of organizations out there that are out there to help the person that's struggling. I don't think that's my, my passion and my, my purpose. I think that it's to connect the people that aren't struggling, that have never dealt with suicide, that may know somebody that might be dealing with it, so that we can get them prepared to help their friends and family. So yeah. ultimately my goal is to make suicide safer communities. Suicide safer for communities? Suicide safer communities. Um, so okay. communities that are... You know, okay. I'm, I was just... Yeah, okay. <laughs> right. Yeah, um, with that being, what I mean by that is if, if we educate the public on how to handle the situation, mm-hmm. have that conversation of being, you know, we all know somebody that's struggling, maybe not thinking of suicide, but we know they're struggling. Yeah. And if you, you know, and a lot of times we're afraid to ask that question because of the fact that people are um, scared for whatever reason, scared to listen because they don't know how to handle the situation if they actually say they are suicidal. Or they're scared that they're going to put the thought into somebody's brain or or something to that effect. Um, But we need to get comfortable asking that question. Are you thinking of suicide? If it's necessary to ask. If you find that you're somebody that you're struggling, that's struggling, you be be willing to ask that if you care about them and we all care about people. Mm -hmm. If we have, if we care about those people, ask them. 
Um, and I think that's how we change things. And that's how we make suicide safer communities. Somebody that's available to somebody instead of being like, um, I, I don't know if you've ever dealt with this, but for me, when I was always struggling, I was always reaching out to people, maybe subtly, wasn't say, hey, I want to kill myself. But, you know, I'd be like, mm-hmm. hey, man, how's it going? You know, today's been rough. I just really wish I had a friend or I need someone to talk to. And then those friends would be like, hey, man, you should go see a therapist. <laughs> I'm like, all right, yeah, you're right. Thank you. Hang up and be like, well, shit, if they don't want to listen to me, then how is a person that doesn't know me that's going to listen to me or how are they going to help me if I have to pay them? Like, I want want people that I care about to care about me. And and that's how the cycle gets worse. Mm -hmm. But so we can't just push people off. If you're going to, you know, tell them to go get therapy, hey, be part of how they get the therapy. Hey, man, you know, it sounds like you need to talk to a therapist. Let's do it together to get you a therapist. Right. Be part of the solution instead of like pushing mm-hmm. it away, and that uh, that's ultimately what I'm trying to, to engage people in. So yeah, no, that makes I sense. An organization thankfully, I work with an organization now, uh, actually based out of Canada called Living Works. Oh, and, where uh, we do stuff. Uh, Living Works. I, yeah, Living Works, uh, and it's uh, it's a great organization. They've been around for over 35 years. They have uh, different courses that they do, but one that we've been focusing on a lot this year is called Start. Um, and what the where are they? Where are they located? Do you do you know? Not Toronto, off the top of my head. I think Vancouver. it's Toronto, but don't quote me on that. I think it's Toronto, but again, don't quote mm-hmm. me on that. I'm uh, I awesome. should know this off the top of my head. I'm I'm an ambassador for them as well. <laughs> that's okay. Um, you just have to say they're in Canada. That's it. That's it. It might so be across they, Canada. Well, they're they're international now. They're they're everywhere. Okay. They, they do a so lot of stuff. So they must be but, like Ottawa, they're based Toronto, Vancouver. Yeah. Um, but what they do is they they bring education. They teach people how mm-hmm. to have conversations. They do um, different ones that are called like assist, which is what I'm qualified in to do interventions. Great. Um, so you know, there's different things that they do, but the Start program is an online program, and we're engaging people to do it. And something that's cool about that, uh, and I'm going to throw it out there for your listeners right now, is right. Um, my nonprofit is giving them away. They're, they're a $40 course. They're on sale right now because of COVID. Oh, I um, think I but, saw something like that on one of your pages, and I wasn't quite sure what you're talking about. Yeah, so this is what I'm talking about. I'm giving okay. your listeners, if, if uh, yeah. they want to uh, email you um, or co- get in contact with you, whatever way you want them to. Okay. Um, they all they need all I need from them is their email address, first and last name, and we give them a course to take online for free. That way, they're more prepared uh, in case those situations occur okay. that they know. And then it also helps when those people take that course to get other people to take the course. So we're actually going to give five away if you're cool with that. Sure. So what I'll do is, how about they email you directly? So what's yes. your email? Actually, they can do that. They can do that. Yeah, because uh, that'd be oh, better than me being the in-between um, because yeah. I'll put your email. I don't have it on this sheet. What's your email? It's, uh, O-P-A-A-T-M, which okay. is o- O-P-A-A-T-M, um, O-P-A-A-T-M at gmail.com. And all you have to do is email me your first and last name because I'll already have your email. All right. Um, and yeah, First. what we'll do is we'll give a course, we'll give those courses away and, um, you know, try to make communities safer by educating the public. And that's what, that's what our goal is. Um, but that was are they, how are they ongoing all the time? Sorry, can I? Yes. The courses are, as soon as we get you at, um, typically I, I order them from the OPAT, uh, five at a time. So oh, okay. I'm going to wait. So we get them at five at a time. And then when we get that five group, we'll send them out to everybody, email it. And then you start it and finish it at your own pace. Okay, uh, usually perfect. it's about a 30 day period to be able to start and finish. Uh, so even if like you're a stay at home parent right now, you got your kids going to school, you got five minutes to start it, get through a section, you can stop and come back. to it. So, it's so this awesome. is for anybody. So here you go, guys. So this is Living Works Canada. It's for, we're giving away five free online courses that are worth $40. You email dan at opaatm at gmail.com. You need to 
give your first and last name, he'll have your email, and he will send you a code or a link to get to your course. Now, who can, who, who should be accessing this? Well, so really it's, it's for anybody, uh, anybody over the age of 13. Um, that is I, contemplating or know of somebody or? To be honest, I think it's for anybody and everybody. And, and like, I don't okay. think it, it's not for anybody. Um, okay. But ideally, if, if anybody that's listening is in like public works, they deal with people on a daily basis. If they're a police officer, you know, first responder, EMT, okay. um, you know, a nurse, a, a teacher. Um, whatever, whoever they deal with, on a, if they deal with people, they should mm -hmm. be taking this course. Um, oh, I see, I see. Again, okay. Again, Perfect. if it's anybody, even if you don't, it's, it's really for anybody. Okay. Excellent. So anybody can, can uh, get the online course. And now you, you're going to share with us your very last intervention, which I think was a true intervention. Yes, I'm sorry, I, I sprung, I, yeah, I will, absolutely, and I sprung that on you, so I know we didn't talk about that before I the know. show, so I <laughs> yeah, apologize. So, that's okay. But, no, um, but this is good. This is good yeah. stuff. Thank you. Oh, absolutely, and I hope people take advantage of it. Don't think that, even if you don't think that it's been too long, um, I say five, but even if we have six or seven, I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm not worried about that. So if you're listening and you are contemplating on taking this course, please do so. Okay. Um, but you know, we were talking about milestones. I did the Forrest Gump scene and, yes. um, the next day I had a, uh, a film filmographer, I guess is the right word to use, uh, that was coming to film me to do a documentary on it. And, um, we were just crossed. He was there when I, he filmed me coming into state number 44 of Arizona and we were just getting into town. We were at a McDonald's of all places. Um, eating some food and doing a tour of my camper and doing an interview. And in the process of doing this, a gentleman comes up to, uh, to us and starts talking and mumbling. Um, and this gentleman was looked to be homeless um, and probably a, of a drug user of type. But, you know, so I'm doing my thing. The film guy's like, hey, man, do you mind just leaving us alone? We're trying to film here. And I was like, hey, man, let's, let's take a break real quick and let me see what he wants. So I started having a conversation with him. We're talking. He's talking about how he's on drugs. And, um, and then it comes up. He doesn't know what I'm doing at this point. He has no idea what I'm writing for or, or anything. He goes, I really think I want to kill myself. Now, the, the film guy's sitting in there filming this conversation, not knowing that's where it's going to lead to. Literally five minutes before that, the guy's asked the same question as you. How does this happen? How do these people find you? How do you find these people? And literally got to film the thing. Um, thankfully we got the guy's permission to do it, uh, mm -hmm. so that we could continue going, but it was, um, it was a really intense moment because one, he was dealing with a lot of drug use. He was, uh, an active meth user. Um, but he was sincerely, he sounded very sincere when he brought up the thought of suicide. So I immediately went into my intervention skills and, and did a full on intervention with this gentleman and ended up getting him, um, the only help that I could get him. And, um, and I hope he's doing good now, but my goal isn't to keep him alive forever. My goal is to get him through the moment now and to get him right. on a better track. So right. um, I'm thankful that we were able to get him the help that he hopefully needed and, uh, and hopefully he's doing better today, but it's, uh, so what it was, was your really... intervention, Dan? Can you share, huh? can you share like um, um, a bit of the conversation maybe or? Yeah, so you don't have to little... if it's really private. Uh, well, we talked about his family. So whenever you do an intervention, the goal is mm -hmm. to find um, the reason why they haven't already. There's always a reason. If, if, if yeah. there isn't a reason, then we would have been already have done it. Mm -hmm. um, so when you start having a conversation with somebody, you try to find the root of their, their, their passions, their, their love for people, whatever those people are for them. Um, and this gentleman, his, it, it was his mom um, that kept him alive for as long as he did uh, and his children, he said. Uh, unfortunately, his mom had passed away and he ended up becoming homeless and started using drugs in the process because of the, the, the sadness of losing his mom. Mm -hmm. And um, the only reason he had it at that point was because of his children. Right. But he didn't have his children because of doing drugs. They were older, but he wanted to have that relationship at some point somehow with them. 
so we ended up working on that, trying to get to the point where we could get him to focus on getting clean and, and reestablishing a connection with his children to, to keep that life going. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that was, that's uh, in summary, that was pretty much how the, the, the intervention yeah. ended up going. But, um, yeah, it just depends on the person. It depends on the situation. Everyone's different, but ultimately the goal is to be willing to listen. And, um, yeah. we're not, we're not here to fix the problems, but let them fix the problems. You know, we're going to help guide them. Um, yeah, yeah. and then of make course. a plan. So our plan was for him, our plan, because, you know, unless you make, unless the person that's in crisis is making the plan or actively engaged in making the plan, the plan won't work. So you can't go in and be like, this is what you're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. Yeah. Like, Hey man, how do you, how do you feel about um, having the police come to get, get you to a place where you can get help to go to a rehab center? Yeah. You know, I think I need to go rehab. Can we, can we do that? Yeah. Let's do that. Is is that what you want to do? Yeah. I think, yeah. So yeah. you had the police come and get him? Yeah, yeah. He, he, yep. The police came and got him. And oh, wow. um, um, he was cool with the plan all the way until it was time that he saw the police officers showing up. <laughs> and then he and then he took off. Uh, luckily, they knew where he was going. They had already dealt with him. So, But we made a plan. And he it was his plan to make. It wasn't, I wasn't forcing it on him. I was like, if you don't yeah. want to do that, then fine. And he's like, no, I think you're right. I think that's what I should do. But I don't want you to think this way you think I want you to do. I want you to do it. He's like, no, I want to see my kids. I want them. Until the cops showed up. So, but you know, that's the thing is if I forced it on him, he wouldn't have waited until he saw the cops. He would have probably taken off before I was like, Hey man, I'm going to call the cops and have them come get you. He would have been like, I'm out of here. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But uh, that 80th uh, intervention was ironic and a huge milestone for me because one, it was was 80, Uh, you know, not that the number matters per se, but, um, knowing that I've made that impacts helps me keep wanting to keep going because, you know, mm-hmm. if I've made 80 so far, maybe if I keep pedaling, I'll find 81, 82, a hundred, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and not that it's a number, but that's how I keep track of things because mm-hmm. that's how my brain works. But I was going to ask um, you, doc, do you document each one of them? No, I do not. Um, when I first started, I did, but I felt like that was an invasion of privacy. I wanted to know who they were right, um, right, right. and how I helped them. Yeah. But as I continued to do it, I realized it didn't matter um, mm-hmm. as long as I was helping them to, through that situation. And um, and it at the beginning when I was doing that, it, I became emotionally attached to them. So right. like it was like an investment. And, and then I mentioned if you know the person, it is an investment, but I can't keep track of 80 people every day to make sure they're staying alive every day. But I, if I can help them through that moment to make them realize yeah. that hey, a stranger cares about you, then maybe you'll realize how many people that you know care about. Yeah, because you would, that would, I would imagine, when, would just tear you up inside eventually. You it know? Does. And yeah. So there's going to be a balance. And, and for me, um, I put a number there instead of a name. So that mm-hmm. I have that separation because when I, not that I don't know their names, uh, there's a lot of them. I do remember their names because I've kept in contact, I've kept in touch, but mm-hmm. I, I just have to have that separation from my own. Oh yeah, family. for sure. Yeah, for sure. I totally um, get, I get that. So now you had yeah. your 80th intervention. You had that horrible accident. Later. Less than, 24 hours hours, less than 24 hours later yeah i was i was in the hospital 24 hours after having an intervention wow and you know like i know you're we we're talking about your your accident and um and it's a good thing you're alive we talked about Absolutely. how your trailer probably saved your life um based on how you got hit on the side of the road by a speeding car now, now you have to diversify and kind of figure things out. Now, where is this? Because yeah. uh, the, the universe still wants you here, obviously. Oh, I still have, I still have a lot <laughs> you of You still have lots and uh, lots of work to do. So I do. What, I, so how did you get into this podcast? And tell, tell like, I know we, we've been talking tons, but, um, the, and this is where we're going to kind of, 
segue it and, and finish it up because we're obviously going to have Dan back here probably in about 10 months um, to see what's up with him. And, um, but, you know, where you're at right now, the podcast, the movement, just give us a little bit, you know, as to how you got into that and how it's going to move you forward. Yeah. So your next it was, journey. Uh... Yeah, and actually, I'm hoping to be able to go back to the last chapter and finish that journey, and then go to the next journey. Oh yeah, that's but, right. um, <laughs> but you know, hopefully not um, on the same spot in the road. We start. No, right I'm there. hoping. <laughs> you know, I'm hoping not at that spot, but I, I'm definitely gonna have to go back to Arizona. I wasn't. I wasn't in that state long enough. Um, mm-hmm. I love Arizona. It's a great state. Uh, I don't know how I feel about biking in it anymore, but um, we'll see how it is when I get to back to biking. Um, yes. yeah, the, uh, how podcasting happened is quite interesting. The gentleman that I'm staying with actually, um, several days before my accident reached out to me, was like, Hey man, I see you're getting close to ending your journey. Um, when you get done, uh, I would love for you to come down to Texas and kind of de-stress the, uh, you know, just hang out and just not worry about what you're going to have to do next. Um, the same gentleman is the guy that I've been on his podcast several times. He's actually the uh, producer owner of heart of a volunteer veterans podcast. Mm-hmm. And he had tried for, I, I was on his podcast series four times uh, doing updates kind of every like three months. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, he, he kept saying, man, you, you have the ability you should do it. You should do your own podcast. And like I said before, I, I was a, uh, into public speaking. I did have all these other things. I did not have time for podcasting. Um, but for me, it was, uh, um, an opportunity now because three days later I got an accident. He calls me up. He's like, so, uh, I wasn't expecting you to be this soon, but if you need a place to stay, you're more than welcome. You're like, uh, uh, it just so happens. I have some free time now. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, Hey, you know, you know, you know, that thing that you've been trying to get me do for a year. He's like, yeah, podcast. I'm like, yeah, uh, I think it's time for me to do that. If I'm coming to hang out with you, he's like, done. It's all set. We'll oh, do wow. it. And that, and that day he went on to his podcast, did a, uh, a thing where he announced that I'm going to be doing a podcast. So now I'm telling everybody I'm doing a podcast and I've never even been on a mic as a host person. I've always been the interviewer. And when well, you talk you're about, awesome. Like, <laughs> You're Thank great you. to well, listen you're, to you're, too, you're, I have to say. <laughs> I, I appreciate that as well. I, um, <laughs> you know, I, I've, I've learned to be more of a talker. I've always been a listener. Um, mm. So it, it, it's good that I, for people to listen. Well, now you have the kind of like the platform to be the listener and the talker. Now, I noticed Dan is kind of frozen. So I will just chat up a little bit until he comes back. Hopefully he doesn't. So, um, all right, let's just go over what Dan's offering. So he's working with Living Works in Canada and uh, he's giving out five free online courses for, that are worth $40. Now I'll put a little bit more detail about these courses. Basically, from my understanding, it's just to help people um, you know, frontline worker, workers deal with the stresses, oh, the stresses of, you know, being in those positions of work. Now, if you think this is for you, and I'm going to put a little bit more information in the details, um, I want you to email. So this is how you get the free course. You email Dan at o as an Oscar, P as in Peter, A as in Apple, A as in Apple, T as in Thomas, M as in Mary at gmail.com. All I need is your first and last name. He's got your email and he will send you the link to podcast, uh, to the course. Here's a couple of places where you can find him online on social media. So you can go to Facebook and search Ride With Dan USA, so all one word. And it's the same on Instagram, Ride With Dan USA. So I highly recommend that you follow him in both spots. Um, And then his website is ridewithdan.com. The movement is O-P-A-A-T movement.com. So you can go check out the website. 
all these links will be in the description so that you can go and check them out, like comment so you can follow him. And here's the, so go and search for this podcast. Well, basically once you get on his social media, you can get into the podcast, which is movement Monday on part of a volunteer veterans podcast. That's where you can find him every Monday. Yeah, so he's got lots of places for you to find him. So with that, Dan is back. Dan, are you back? I think I am. <laughs> yeah, I can hear you, but I can't see I you. What happened? Well, I've been chatting up a storm, so, so it's okay. <laughs> Everybody knows where to find you. But before... Uh, I don't know. You got really scratchy and then you popped off. Um, so I just want to ask you one quick question. Now, those online courses, what are they exactly? The online courses that I was talking about earlier, the START program, is yes. a online training course. Oh, dang. Okay, well... Um, Hopefully he'll come back, guys, and I really apologize. It's, he was saying earlier, uh, Dan was saying earlier, that his internet isn't super duper strong where he is, and we're super lucky that we got all the time that we had with him at the moment because he had an interview before me, and they had a hard time, so they had to reschedule. Um, but we are coming to a, an end um, anyhow. And um, so we were just talking about where to find him on the podcast. And um, if he gets back in here, your mic's still not on. Um, he is going to be, he's going to continue doing his podcast until he can get back on his bike. And he tells me he's a pretty good cyclist on the rollers. So maybe we might have to uh, get on Facebook and do a FaceTime or something and just roll it out together. Because I like training on the rollers. He says he's pretty good on the rollers too. So uh, we might have to have a batch on the rollers. But in any case, he's looking forward to getting... <laughs> Are you back? <laughs> he's looking forward to getting back on the road. Cool. Yeah. Love this. Now we've got him outside. Okay. <laughs> I was just going to yes. say we were going to gonna like finish it up. I wasn't sure if you're going to make it back, but um, this is. Cool. I don't know what happened. I think craziness happened. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. I had to talk all the time. Yeah, not. <laughs> I'd tell it, jokes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you were asking oh, what happened. There it is. Oh yeah. So if you want to just explain quickly about that start course. Um, because I was trying to explain yeah. it. I don't know why it's flipping me over now. <laughs> That's okay. Just tell us about the course. We'll improvise. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, there it is. Uh, so the course is an online course. Uh, it's about a 60 to 90 minute course that gives people the ability to um, have a starting spot to be able to ask the questions of are you thinking of suicide or okay. different scenarios that you deal with and the, the biggest thing is it gives you different ways to ask the question it makes you do it verbally okay. it makes you do it in text it makes you do it different ways that we may not be comfortable with normally address the question of suicide right if somebody if you think somebody is yeah so that you can address suicide properly and okay it uh um but yeah the uh now i'm all off i'm all off now because of this this internet thing being an issue um it's been, no uh, so you're just we're just gonna finish up um maybe you could tell us a little bit about um currently right now and your plans for like when you get on the bike. Cause I told everybody that we're going to have a roll. We're going to get on the rollers together and we're going to see who can last longer. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as I'm allowed back on a bike, we'll definitely be able to do that. Yeah. Um, we'll have a little, uh, we'll go on, on like Instagram and get yeah, cyclists yeah. together. 
We'll definitely have to do that. Um, what I'm doing now, though, is as we were talking about the podcast, I'm doing a, a, a series called Movement Monday. Uh, Movement oh, yeah. Monday is about um, encouraging people that are doing movements, if that's a movement through a cause, an organization, or a journey of their own. Um, what makes a movement? For us, it's um, somebody that's making a positive impact for themselves and others. If that, like, if that's a cause, sometimes they own the cause, sometimes they're part of the cause. Um, so that's what we're trying to show people is that uh, I'm, I'm thankful for a lot of people that follow my journey for the One Pedal at a Time movement. Um, but because of this journey, I, I, I needed to continue to do something. Uh, and this is my way of continuing my message of suicide, but mm -hmm. also getting the opportunity to share other people's movements, people that I've met along the way and people that I haven't met from people that I've met. So one way or another, it's a connection and uh, a way to show people that just because you may not think of suicide uh, or bicycling doesn't mean that, for instance, like American Gold Star Mothers uh, came on this past week for us. Um, so they, they shared their, their story of how they help uh, military veterans and everything else. Um, oh, beautiful. To, like this coming week, we have uh, a woman that's coming on to talk about ADHD. Uh, attention oh. deficit hyperactivity disorder. So it, it just depends on the movement. It depends on what they're doing. But our goal is to share that, um, the message that there's there's people out there that are making making moves, making things happen and pushing things forward. I think that's awesome because actually I will be on his podcast yep. in the new year um, talking about my experience as a teenager and I've always thought that, you know, maybe I could make an impact on teenagers' lives or maybe um, bring some awareness to parents. Um, and I don't know how I was going to do that because it's always a sensitive subject, uh, especially at that age. However, um, I'm super really cool that we came together um, because That's I always believe that the universe puts people together for, for a reason. Um, and I'm going to listen to that one because my daughter thinks she has ADHD. Um, well, there's a big story behind her, but, um, and we're just like, what really? She's 18 and they're recommending that, uh, she go for testing. And, um, I'm like, yeah, okay. And there's nothing wrong with being tested for it. And there's no. nothing wrong with it. Even if you have it, it's just a matter of knowing that you have it so that you can make the adjustments that you need to have yeah. a better life. Yeah, uh, and a exactly. lot of people, unfortunately, go undiagnosed with it. Um, mm -hmm. That episode comes out on the 28th. Uh, oh, okay. Of December? So it comes out next, yeah, it comes out next week. Okay, perfect. Mark your calendars. Yeah. Go on to your podcast platform of choice, and you look for Veterans Podcast uh, Momentum Monday. Subscribe, and then you go over to Secrets from the Saddle and subscribe, and you'll catch both of our interviews um, because Dan's will be in the new year as yes. well. And um, so let's end it there. That's a, a beautiful finish. Um, and uh, I'm so appreciative and grateful that we chatted and we now know each other. Um, I'm really looking forward to being able to tell my story at, you know, over it. I just recently started openly talking about it and I don't think people take me seriously but um it's okay um I'm here but it happened many 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 years ago yeah and um but I think about it more often now that you know especially when I start having kids um because I keep a keen eye on them because you never know like with teenagers exactly um they're very silent little individuals and uh <laughs> and you don't know what's going through their heads and that's why you have to be super vigilant parent um even more so um but with that thank you so much and your story has been extraordinary and um i'm gonna look up your buddy bum just a second here bum on two right bum on bum. two wheels bum on two wheels yeah okay I'm gonna yeah, look him exactly. up. He's actually gonna be. He is becoming at the uh, the beginning of the year. He will become my first ambassador for the one pedal at a time movement. Besides myself, so oh, uh, he's joining the movement and he's uh, he's excited. So I'm excited for him. 
Oh my gosh, that's awesome. All right. Thank you so much, Dan. Have an amazing day. Uh, Merry Christmas um, and all that. And uh, we will be, I will be seeing you again in the new year and uh, you'll be seeing all of us. And with that, have a great day. Don't forget to subscribe to both of our podcasts and leave comments and share and have an amazing holiday. Thanks again. That was an amazing interview with Dan. And before you take off, please don't forget to go to my website to check out my latest cycling skills courses and webinars and downloads. So go to cyclingskillspro.com and that's where you're going to find everything. Also, I have a promo code to get $50 off. You can use the word pedal. And before you check out, on most of the programs. With that, have an amazing day and we will see you back. And don't forget to ride your bike and you're only one pedal stroke away from cycling like a pro. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the Secrets from the Saddle podcast. Learning more about sighting people, places and things that make cycling such an exciting sport. I am so glad you stopped by today. Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment telling me what you think and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.